mindfulness mode. Magnify that even 10 times more. And then put your hand on your heart and say, this is for me. This is me. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here in Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm here with an author today, and I've just finished reading her book. I'm really excited to interview her. My guest is Judy Miller, and the book is called Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Judy, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am definitely in mindfulness mode, Bruce. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you about your book, Judy. But first, tell us what mindfulness means to you. Mindfulness means to me really just connecting with my higher self and higher consciousness. Because, Bruce, I believe when we let go of our stories, labels, and judgments, we see and experience everything as if for the first time. And you really had some stories you were hanging on to, which you shared so, like you were so vulnerable to share so much in the book. Can you share with us one of the stories you were hanging on to and you were, you were able to let go of it? Um, sure. So would you like me to give you an overview of the book first? I'd love that. Or go into the specific stories. Why don't I give you an overview first? Yeah. Um, so, Bruce, have you ever felt different? I have many times, Yes. Have you ever felt incomplete, always searching maybe for someone or something to make you feel whole? Definitely I have. Or maybe you felt unworthy, always having to prove yourself over and over again. Yes, I've felt that too. Mm -hmm. So the reason I asked you those questions is because those feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. But I learned how to let them go. So I actually started my career as a CPA or certified public accountant, went to work in finance in the healthcare industry for over 20 years. And on this journey that I talk about, I learned to let go of those contracting negative stories that no longer served me. So, you know, when you were reading the subtitle to the book, it's called A Path to Love, Forgiveness and Transformation. But what does forgiveness actually mean? I mean, there are so many different definitions of forgiveness, but forgiveness for me really is really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So painful and unwanted events are going to happen to all of us. We could either experience it once or we could experience it over and over again, literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of times until it becomes stuck. It becomes our identity. So for me, forgiveness is just basically letting go of those contracted negative stories that no longer serves us. So we can literally move forward and experience true and ultimate freedom and happiness. So I would love to give you an overview of the book and then we can go into detail anywhere you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great, Judy, if you would do that. Yeah. So like many children, I had fears as a child. I was actually afraid of drowning. But Bruce, I was terrified of the dark. And if you've never felt terror before, the closest thing I can think of is someone jumps out in front of you unexpectedly and your heart begins to race and you start to sweat and your senses are on full alert and maybe you can't even breathe. I think for most people, those sensations last maybe a few seconds, but for some people it could last much longer like myself. And as a child, I could literally sense and feel different energies around me and I didn't know if they were there to help me or if they were there to harm me. So literally night after night, I would crawl into bed. I would literally pull the covers over my head and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until exhausted, I would fall asleep. 
And Bruce, this was my ritual night after night, and it continued well into my 20s. So as I mentioned, I started my career as a CPA. So here I am going to work, a very traditional life, very traditional job, and then at night crawling back into bed, terrified of what I couldn't explain. And then I actually met my husband at work, and we got married and we had two kids. And in the exhaustion of raising two children, commuting three hours a day to work, and working 40 to 50 hours a week, in that exhaustion, Bruce, everything stopped. The terror stopped. The subtle whispers, the energies, everything stopped. But then my kids grew up, and they went off to college, and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. The terror returned. I would literally tiptoe around my house, afraid of what I might encounter. It felt like someone or something was always standing beside me, or if there were eyes staring at me from across the room. I would wake up at night clutching in terror at my husband, and we soon both began to lose sleep. And around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And I went to see my doctor, and my doctor said I needed a hysterectomy. And I was terrified of this surgery, and I couldn't understand why. It felt like the same terror that I had as a child, and the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a very good friend of mine recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. And you're shaking your head, so you might, have, uh, you might be familiar with it. But Barbara was a former NASA physicist who studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was able to actually heal people. So here I was days before my surgery, Googling healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, everything locked into place. I literally heard the click of a lock, like my entire life was locking into place. And I didn't know the role that that healer would play in my family's history. So my healer helped me heal after the hysterectomy. And then we started to explore in the following months, this terror that I had of the night. Um, we looked at my childhood experiences, but there was nothing that triggered it. And then she introduced me to something that I had never heard of. She introduced me to past lives. She introduced me to the work of Dr. Brian Weiss. Dr. Weiss was a very reputable, very prominent psychiatrist. And he studied at Columbia and he studied at Yale. And he had a client named Catherine who also had these unexplainable fears and phobias. And quite by accident during hypnosis, they were actually able to find out where these terrors came from. They were actually from past lives. And by understanding that, they were able to actually heal her from these phobias. Um, so, Bruce, the pain and the terror that I felt each night actually wasn't my own. And, and what I mean by that is my healer also introduced me to the science of epigenetics. And the science of epigenetics says that the pain and the trauma that our parents experienced could actually also be passed down to our children and their children. And they've proven it in different studies with mice. They've shown it with Holocaust um, survivors. So the pain and the terror that I felt each night actually wasn't my own. It was actually a cellular memory from my mother. So every baby, every female baby is born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth, right? So the pain and the trauma and the triumphs that your mother experienced in her body as an unborn egg on a cellular level, you were actually there. So we discovered that that's where the pain and the trauma came from. But Bruce, the story doesn't end there. There's a shocking past life connection to the very healer that I trusted in this lifetime to heal me. And she was the one in a previous life that inflicted the pain and the suffering on my family. But Bruce, in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, betrayal, maybe even anger, but I didn't. All I felt was the love and the perfection of the universe. And I saw how all of our souls are interconnected across lifetimes. 
how we're unconditionally loved and how we can heal in any moment in this lifetime or in any other. Um, so the reason I wrote Perfect was because I had gone through this experience and I realized that I no longer had to carry these fears. I no longer had to carry these stories. And I see so many people suffering in the world. And, and I felt that this was a message that people need to hear, even though the story sounds a little unusual or maybe even uncommon. Well, yes, it, I would say it does, but it, it just seems so compelling. It just seems so real the way you tell the story. Is this your first book that you've ever written? Yes, this is my first book. So my training and my career and my background was in finance and accounting. Right. And so how mindful did you need to be in order to write this book and have it be a book that just seems to be so well constructed and well written? Honestly, it just came from the heart. I think when we come from our heart is when we can express our love and express ourselves and it becomes easier. Life becomes a miracle. Well, so much of it is about forgiveness and being able to move on. What would you say to our listeners about forgiveness? Uh, you know, maybe someone listening right now is holding on to something that for their whole life, there's like, no, I can't forgive that person. I can't do it. What would you say to them, Judy? So forgiveness is not about condoning the actions of another person. It's really letting go of the stories that we hold about that event. It's getting us out of the cycle of victimhood. And I heard a quote, and I think it's attributable to Mandela. Resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yes. So I believe forgiveness really is an act of self-love. It's one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves. I, I agree with you. It's so important to to do the work that's necessary to help us move through these things. And some of the work that you did was through a program offered by Marcy Shimoff. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So Marcy Shimoff and Deborah Poneman actually created a program probably about six years ago called the Year of Miracles. And uh, every month they have a different teaching on how we can live in what they call the miracle zone. And it really opened my eyes to, to seeing and experiencing things differently. But Bruce, the reason why it had such an impact on my life is because most of my life I felt different. Um, I was actually born in Trinidad, which is uh, an island in the Caribbean. I moved to the U.S. when I was very, very young, um, but I didn't look like other people. I was also born with 11 fingers. I had this terror and fear of the night, and I could feel different energies around me. So I always felt different. And one of the beautiful things that the Year of Miracles creates, it creates a community, a community of people who are comfortable and open um, to being themselves, their true and authentic selves without judgments or without labels. So I think that was the most powerful impact of that, that program for me. You elaborated in the book about being born with 11 fingers and how deeply you thought that possibly affected you. Can you expand on that for us? Sure. So, you know, many people think that, you know, the, the pain and the trauma that I might have carried about having 11 fingers was because of being bullied. But Bruce, that's only a small part of it. I think part of it was the adults that I trusted in my life thought that I wasn't perfect the way that I was and that I had to need corrective surgery to make me whole and complete. And I think that was the trauma that I carried with me. 
Yeah, and you talked about how that same trauma carried forward to when you needed to have a hysterectomy and you put that off for months and months and months because you were just so terrified, weren't you? Yeah, I was terrified of being incomplete. So like having my finger removed, I have 10 now, I had 11 before, having, having my uterus removed and also not truly living from my heart and truly embracing every gift that I was given. We're all given gifts. So for most of my life, I was living as if I was incomplete. I wasn't living from my heart. I wasn't embracing my gifts. So I carried this sense of incompleteness with me. You worked for a long time in the world of corporate finance. Did that fulfill certain needs that you had in your, in your life? Or was it something that you just felt you had to escape from? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, my parents are accountants. My husband is a CPA. My daughter is, a, is an accountant and my sister is an accountant. So I came from a family of accountants. And, you know, sometimes when you have these unexplainable fears and phobias, it's kind of nice to have something that puts everything logically in place. So, yes, I do believe, you know, coming from that finance and accounting background definitely did help to serve me in many, many ways. And, you know, as I went through this journey that I describe in the book, one of the things that I noticed is that I began to lead from my heart rather than from my head. And the experience of working and leading people totally was transformed. I was more fulfilled in what I was doing. I know that you've been trained by some of the world's most spiritual visionaries. Can you tell us about some of those other people that have trained you? Sure. So we talked briefly about Marcy. Yes. She taught me about happiness. She wrote the book, Happy for No Reason. And what she taught me was that is we have control over our thoughts. And that's such an important part in my book, that we have control of our thoughts. Deborah Poneman, who was the co-founder of um, Year of Miracles, and she's also the uh, president of Yes to Success, she taught me how to live from my heart. And she taught me how to see God in everyone and everything. Janet Atwood um, wrote the uh, passion test, the number one tool for finding your passions in life. And when you follow your passions, you have more joy and happiness in your life. So what I learned from Janet was that in every opportunity, whenever you have an opportunity, decision or choice, always choose in favor of your passions. And if you do that, you will have a more passionate life filled with more joy and happiness. And then the last one that I'll mention is Dr. Sue Mortar. Um, Dr. Sue Mortar wrote the energy codes and she taught me all about energy, that everything in life is just energy, the table, the computer, our thoughts are all just energy. We're just energy. And by controlling and directing our energies in different ways, we can control our experience of the world. Um, so I'm so blessed to have such a wonderful mentors. I know that we'll get to this eventually, but Bruce, I'm just going to mention it here because I'll forget. But as part of this book launch, um, when you purchase Perfect, each of these mentors actually give a free bonus to each of the uh, people who buy the book because I wanted them to experience the same things that I had an opportunity to experience. The book is really powerful. It really is a wonderful book. And it's called Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Can we buy that book online? Do we go to Amazon or do you have a specific website where you host that book? Or Sure. So you can buy it on Amazon. Um, you can go to my website, which is Judy with an I, Miller.net, and it actually takes you immediately to Amazon. But the reason I suggest people go there is because they can actually get the five free bonuses along with the purchase right away. And then also, Bruce, 
I love free things. So no purchase necessary. If you're on my website, you can get my free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within. Oh, wow. That's great. And I will repeat that website. It's Judy Miller, J-U-D-I-M-I-L-L-E-R.net. JudyMiller.net. So go to the website and check it out. And uh, one of the things that you just mentioned uh, was about how to see God in everyone. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more about how we can truly do that in our lives? Sure. So maybe if I can share some of the stories from the book. Please. So the first time was uh, during Good Friday service. So I was sitting there literally just minding my own business, waiting for mass to start. And they were just playing music. And my kids were probably sitting next to me texting. And as I sat there, I was just literally out of nowhere, this overwhelming sense of love literally just descended upon me. And I was like looking around the church, seeing if anybody else was experiencing the same thing. But it literally felt like every emotion of love magnified a million times. And it was so intense that I just started to cry because I couldn't hold it in my body. And Bruce, the reason, the reason I mention it is because so many of us walk around feeling different, unworthy, incomplete, unlovable. But if we knew how much we are loved, we would never doubt it again. Mm. So that was the first story. There's another story that I'd love to share as well. Please do. So that's how I experienced, you know, seeing everything through the eyes of God, because I experienced how much we're loved. The second one is after I had my hysterectomy, I refused to take painkillers just because I heard so many sad stories about people becoming addicted. So I would lay in bed trying to be perfectly still because every sneeze, every movement literally felt like an electric shock shooting through my body. And as I laid there, this gentle presence kept drifting in and out of my awareness. It felt like an Irish nurse. And I know this sounds a little crazy, but she sat beside me as I was recovering. And as I laid there, she said to me, she said, we're never alone, never abandoned, always loved. If we knew who stood beside us, we would never be afraid. And Bruce, if we knew that, if you knew that, would you live your life differently? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. So in these moments that I share in the story, um, it was just an expression of, you know, experiencing that love. I want to ask you, Judy, what you've learned from your children about mindfulness. Ah, you know, my children has truly taught me that this is heaven on earth. I used to just, you know, my kids are grown now. Um, they're young adults. And uh, when they were children, I would drop them off and watch them just play sports or do whatever, dance or violin or, you know, whatever they, they were doing. And I would just sit there and appreciate the moment and the blessing that I have, you know, them in my lives and to just watch. Um, I felt I was just truly being in the moment and appreciating it. And that really taught me about mindfulness and gratitude. I think one of the greatest ways or quickest ways to get into that state of mindfulness is through love and gratitude. And my children taught me that. Wow. We learn so much from our children, don't we, Judy? That's yeah. incredible. You know, I, I also learned something quite by accident. And I think it's such an important thing for people during these times. You know, as I laid on my healer's table week after week, 
I would just lay there for 15 to 45 minutes with nothing to do. So I would close my eyes and truly by accident. And, and you can do this too now if you're comfortable. But as I lay there on the healing table, I would literally imagine someone that I loved. It could be my husband. It could be my children. It could even be my dog. My dog thinks he's a cat. So whenever I think of him, he makes me laugh. But not just imagining it. Because when I close my eyes, I actually see blackness. I don't visualize quite like other people. So if you can, just imagine it. I also feel it. What was I feeling? Seeing, tasting, touching, sensing, smelling. And just literally feel it in every cell of my body. And then I would bring in another image. It could be a beautiful sunset. It could be the first time I ever saw a snowfall, the first time I held my children in my hands or the first kiss. And I would literally experience these emotions, these scenes in my mind and let it reverberate throughout my entire body. And my uh, mentor, Dr. Sue Mortar, she actually helped me to expand upon this. She said, magnify that even 10 times more and then put your hand on your heart and say, this is for me. This is me. And what I realized is we could create that sense of love in any moment very quickly. It's not dependent on anyone or anything because it is who we are. Judy, I want to ask you a little bit more about bullying. You mentioned this already that you were bullied. Do you have a specific story you can tell us of being bullied where mindfulness would have made a difference? Sure. And I actually, there's actually a, a, a story in the book. So because I was different, because I looked different, because I had 11 fingers, I was sometimes bullied as a child. Um, but that's not where I felt the most damage occurred. I believe it's because I created a story about the bullying. I created a story that I was different and that I was unlovable. So we know that through the law of attraction, what we hold is mirrored back to us. We're like a magnet. So if I feel different, I'm going to bring in all of those experiences into my life. So the day before I married my husband, of course, because I felt different, I attracted a man that was totally different from me, socially, racially, culturally, spiritually, was totally different. And the night before our wedding, a relative of his said, you know, your mother-in-law is really upset because you're Catholic. Your father-in-law is really upset because you're Asian, right? And that really hurt me. So what I did was I refused to ever spend time with my husband's relative who said that. And I also built an iron wall around my heart so they could never completely get in and they could never completely hurt me. But Bruce, there is a story in my book. So I am not a medium, but as I laid there grieving my mother-in-law's death, she came to visit me, right? And she showed me literally like a near-death experience, every scene that I had with my husband's family within seconds, it was like a near-death experience. And I saw because I felt different, I made myself different, that's what I attracted into my life. So basically everything that I was holding was just reflected back to me. So I truly believe that when it comes to bullying, it's an unwanted event, but the true damage is because we believe it and we create a story about it and we carry it throughout, throughout our lives with us. I believe that's the most damaging part of bullying. I think you're right. I think you're right. What makes you the happiest in your life right now, Judy? 
So it gets back to what I was saying before. You know, when you let go of the stories, the labels, and the judgments, you see everything through the eyes of the creator, through the eyes of love, where everything is perfect. And and when you do stop, when you do drop those stories, labels, and judgments, it is like experiencing every moment as if for the first time. And that's truly miraculous. Yes. Yes. Well, as we move on in the interview, Judy, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a very positive mindfulness influence in your life? Dr. Sue Mortar. And how has mindfulness affected your emotions? It helps me to get back into my body. Emotions tell the truth. Thoughts and stories are not always true. So it's really getting back into my body where we're present and mindful. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Um, Because breathing gets me back into my body. Breathing is spirit. It is the essence of who we are. Just breathing centers me and grounds me. Your book, Perfect, is an incredible read and I highly recommend it. Are there any other books related to mindfulness that you would recommend, Judy? So definitely Happy for No Reason by Marcy and definitely The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar. And are there any apps which you would recommend that can help with mindfulness? So I recently started um, meditation, TM meditation this year, right before Mm -hmm. COVID. Um, So right now I'm doing TM meditation twice a day um, with thousands of people around the world. And I find it so powerful as a group. Prior to TM, I did Solvana, which is a Mind Valley app. Right. And one of the reasons that I like it is because there's a different variety of meditations, but you're also doing meditations with hundreds of thousands of people around the world also. And I believe that group consciousness is extremely powerful. Well, thank you for all of that. And I want to ask you as we close to just just kind of tell us a little bit more about why you entitled your book Perfect. Mm. Because when you do see everything and everyone through the eyes of love, Bruce, there's no separation. Everything is perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest on Mindfulness Mode today. It's been a real pleasure, Judy. It's been great to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. So good to have you with us. And if you subscribe and share, that really helps Mindfulness Mode out. So tell your friends about the show and we'll get even more listeners. I have a guided meditation for you, Mindful Tribe. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash waves of content. It'll help you to be more relaxed, more calm, help you to be more focused as well. So like I said, mindfulnessmode.com slash waves of content. So till next time, Mindful Tribe, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.